Welcome to the JVC Hope This Helps podcast, where we discuss life and faith and anything else really. So we hope this helps you today. Uh, welcome back to JBC's Hope This Helps. This is once again Grace, and I'm here with Pastor Scotty. Hello. Uh, Easter is coming up. We've loosely titled these ones The Easter Sessions. So we've got a few episodes coming for you. Uh, today, Scott. Do you like Easter eggs? I do love Easter eggs. What were your favorite Easter eggs? I'm honestly just a sucker for the Cadbury's ones. Cadbury, yeah. It's hard to you beat Cadbury. You can't Cadbury beat chocolate. a classic. Yeah. What about the Humpty Dumpties? Yeah, I got one of those when I was a kid. Um, it was the best thing ever because mum's not a huge fan of a lot of chocolate. So we'd be like, we'd just get a few little uh, hollow Easter eggs and some undies for Easter every year. <laughs> and I like it, it was like a rare Easter if we got a bunny. <laughs> and then one year I got a Humpty Dumpty egg and I was so excited. And I think I was maybe eight. And that was the Easter that I fell into one of the creeks that runs into the Brisbane River, and I was distraught. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, like, soaked from the waist down, <laughs> incredibly distressed. All of the adults were laughing at me. Oh. Uh, I How think, old were you? Uh, Annabelle wasn't around, so I was, or she was an infant, so I was, I don't know, seven, eight, maybe. Oh. Um, anyway, Lu, Lou, <laughs> Lou thought I was the biggest crybaby in the world <laughs> and was... Um, Telling me to suck it up, I think. <laughs> all the other adults thought it was funny as. Yeah. Mum was concerned for me. Uh, <laughs> I cried a lot as a child. Just ask Lou. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, I my, love the Humpty Dumpty egg. It's so good. My wife and I, we're, we're savers, naturally. Like we, oh, yeah. And so we were the kids that didn't eat all our Easter eggs at once. Yep. All right, you know. And we didn't know each other as kids, but this is what we tell each other. And um, I would save my Easter eggs so long. Sometimes they'd then go off. So you're like, you know, trying to delay gratification, but then it actually didn't pay off. And she had the same thing. I think this is an instance where patience isn't a virtue. Yes. You're kind of shooting gotta, yourself in the foot. My sister yes, does the same thing. There's a window thing. that yeah, you need yeah. to eat that chocolate in. Otherwise it goes that, you know, that funny white color. Yeah. And it's meant to be the brown Cadbury. Yeah. And it goes that white flaky. Yep. Not cool, like it's melted in the car and re what it, you know, but just time has done it to it. I can save my chocolate for a couple of weeks, like I can hold out for a few weeks. My little sister, um, Annie, she saves her chocolate for a good long while, longer than anyone else. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever lasted longer than a few few weeks. <laughs> I'm more of the um. The thought now that you've just got to beat other people to it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's especially gone. now that you've got kids, <laughs> they can't reach yet. But <laughs> I'm okay at this point. Mum, I want another Humpty Dumpty egg. Can I have one for Easter this year? This is how I'm going to know if my mum is listening to our podcast. <laughs> if I get the Humpty Dumpty egg this year, I'll actually get more chocolate with kids because we don't really we really want them eating chocolate. Yeah. So they'll be given chocolate, but we have to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll work, work out well. <laughs> Oh, good, good. All right, so Easter, hey? Yeah, um, I've only got four questions for you, so I don't know, maybe a one and done, three minutes, super simple. <laughs> we'll see. Well, we'll see if your question, your answers to my questions, raise a few more questions along the I'm way. I'm sure they will. 
Uh, Otherwise, this might just be like a little sermon or something. All right. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. I should have bought Easter eggs for this. They're already selling them. That's a good idea. We should have been in the Easter season for... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Scott. Mm. Grace. Allegedly, you've been a Christian for a while. Allegedly. (laughs) I am a Christian. Okay. That's good. I follow Jesus. Yes. And it's been a while? It has been a while. Yep. 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 All right. So you grew up in church. Yep. You've served in church. Yeah. You've done a whole bunch of ministry stuff before Bible college. Mm-hmm. Went to Bible college. Mm-hmm. Now you're a pastor. Mm. Been through a few Easter's as a Christian, haven't you? Yeah, a few. Yeah. Have, has there been any shift in the way that you have approached Easter over these um, mm. handful <laughs> of yeah, years? Okay. Yes, an interesting question. Um, well, you know, being raised in Baptist churches, Baptists are traditionally untraditional. Mm. <laughs> so we don't have the big lead up to Easter usually or anything like that. Um, and, you know, the really good Baptist churches I've been in have always emphasised that Easter's not a one day of the year kind of thing. Mm. Like if you're a Jesus follower, this is a daily Thing to reflect on yeah. and to think about and and to live you know we we follow a crucified messiah mm. and you know this messiah said day, daily take up your cross and follow me so you know the kind of tradition and culture i've been in is emphasizes more so like well don't just make sure that this isn't just the only special day of the year every day is you know, uh, about, like, we, we can only live as Christians and Jesus followers filled with the Spirit of God because of what Jesus has done ultimately, mm. ultimately at the cross mm. and the resurrection there. And um, so that's kind of been my upbringing. Um, but, you know, as I get older, I mean, I definitely don't move away from that motif that every day is, you know, our crucified Messiah. You know, Paul said, I I, um, I can't remember how he said it exactly, but something like I desire or I, um, oh, I can't think of the exact words right now, but I long to only know Christ and him crucified. Yeah. What's, uh, anyway, I'm a pastor, I should know this, but I don't. Colin Buchanan's got I a can't song. think I of the verse, the actual wording of the verse. It'll come to me later. But, you know, so for Paul, you know, Christ's crucifixion was central yep. to what it is to be a Christian, to be a Jesus follower. It's a consistent theme whenever he's writing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always coming back to it. Yep, so that's kind of where I've sat. And I haven't moved away from that, but I definitely um, credit other traditions where they have a long lead up to Easter mm. a lot more now. And I see value in that. Um, yeah. I didn't, when I, you know, when you're younger, you're pretty anti-traditional. Yeah. Uh, one of my lecturers always said, young people have a tradition of being untraditional or anti-traditional. <laughs> and it's so true. And there are reasons for that. But, and there's a healthy side to that too, to come with fresh eyes on things. Yeah. Whereas if you've been in the water, you're not, you're not feeling the wetness anymore. Mm. So it's good to, you know, have those fresh eyes on things. But yeah, I definitely see the value in 
uh, those traditions in the church that uh, you know do the lead up to Easter and take it as a special time of reflection because mm. yes there's a level of reflection that you can do that you can't do every single day yeah or week even though every day yes Jesus died for us and every week hopefully you know this is being preached as well the mm. cross is always a, a central part of of our worship it's in all our worship songs mm. it's in almost every sermon mm. that I preach and you know so that's the danger right yes, the air yes. you breathe all the time can easily become stale oh absolutely and that's yeah. where that's where like really um, regular rituals and things mm. that's the danger to those things yeah. because they always start with you know a good heart mm. and people institute them always but that's the problem you know they start from you know someone doing it from their heart and that but then it becomes institutionalized which mm. then it be can become um, a tick box exercise or a legalism thing mm. you know it doesn't have to be but yeah r if it's super regular it can become um, what's the word like mundane or yeah it just um, becomes background noise yeah so in terms of that I think Easter is just a great time to just come back to the the basics of the Christian faith the, mm. the cross mm. And to really contemplate what that is all about. Yep. Yep. Cool. Hmm. Alrighty. And so eat oh. pasta eats Easter eggs. So that yeah, eat yeah, definitely yeah. Easter eggs. You know, yeah. new life. I think that's why we have new Easter Easter eggs because it represents new life. New life. I I, I I haven't studied the origins of that, but that's my guess. <laughs> and uh, brings joy. Yeah. Life and joy. Yep. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, kind of tying into what you just talked about do you think that generally speaking we have a big enough view of the cross like if if the cross is something that's meant to be the air we breathe every day how we live our lives yeah. do you think that we really like comprehend the magnitude of the cross that question is kind of like do we really comprehend the magnitude of God? <laughs> yeah, so we're actually going to be like, <clears throat> you're welcome to our first nine-hour podcast, guys. This is all we're talking about. Like, Because really, <laughs> the cross... Uh, so, answer your question, do we have a big enough view of the cross? No, none of us do. Mm. Why? Because it's... In terms of the magnitude of what it achieved, it's as, mm. as grand as anything could be. It's, you know... In terms of the storyline of Scripture... Mm. everything points, you know, um, I like the Bible Project's line, that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. Yeah. Now, if you want to be even more specific, the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus that leads to the cross. Yeah. The cross is the pinnacle of the whole story of Scripture. Yep. And the story is creation and new creation, but that cross is like, it's kind of like the climax in a movie. You know how mm. a movie develops its plot and mm. then some tensions grow and then there's this point, the climax, and then once you're over the climax, you keep watching to the end because it's the resolution that that climax is bringing. Yep. So it's still really important that you, yep. you watch the end of the movie and you want to because, ah, you see everything fall into place or this is, you know, but there's that resolution where, you know, the guys, you know, 
jumping his motorbike over the cliff and will he make it, you know, or whatever it is, you know, or that, that bomb that's about to go off and is it going to be diffused or not, you know. Which colour cord do you sniff? Yeah, it's always the blue one. Is it the blue or the red, you know. And that's the cross in terms of the story of the Bible. Like, in one way, the cross and the coming of Jesus is the start of a whole new upwards trajectory. Yeah. But it was the pinnacle of the climax of the story. Uh, I mean, the end of the story is also the climax and pinnacle. But do you know what I'm saying? It's the resolution that yeah. the whole story was looking toward. Even though at the start of the story, you've got no idea that yeah. this is coming. Yeah. And everyone pretty much is taken off guard by this coming, even though there are very clear pictures in the Old Testament of it. Mm. One comes to mind. I think it's Numbers 22. Um, 21, 22, somewhere around there, where the bronze serpent is put up on yep. a pole. They're getting bitten by snakes and dying, and God provides this pole with the bronze snake on it, and anyone to look at the cross would be healed. Yeah. You know? And that's one picture and metaphor of... A shadow of what's to come. Yeah. So, no, we none of us have a big enough view of the cross, and... All that achieved because it achieved so many things. Mm. I mean, think about it. Mm. What things can you think of that the cross achieved? Victory over death, restoration of relationship. Yeah. Um, reorienting the world back towards God's good design for it. Yeah. So, the, a, a making of things right. Yeah, uh, it, it's really, really big. Yeah. There are subjective um, reasons for the cross and objective reasons for the cross and so you know the cross actually achieves something in reality um, the cross uh, you know like you said it deals with the problem of death it overcomes death mm. um, it overcomes sin yeah it overcomes the devil yeah and that whole spiritual realm well, it's um, wars against us. It's uh, in in the intensive that we were doing last week. Um, the lecturer was saying that it's the equivalent of D Day. Like yes, on the cross, this is the definitive. We have won. Yeah. And now we're sort of in that in between of knowing that the war has been won. Mm -hmm. And the last vestiges of battle mm. to the ultimate end of the war. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so that was God's decisive victory over sin and death in the cross. Yes, 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 yes. And that brings up for me one of the main and probably the strongest motif in scripture of what the cross yep. is about that a lot of people kind of miss. Mm. Um, and for the first thousand years of church history, this was the predominant view in the church of the cross. It's called... Christus Victor, mm. Christ is Victor, and that view, um, you know, pre predominantly looks at the cross as a victory over evil and the powers of evil. Yep. Right. So this spiritual war going on around us, mm. Satan and his minions and all that, and the different authority structures in the spiritual realm, was the key issue yeah. that needed to be resolved. Yeah. Because humanity had come under Satan's rule. Yeah. 
right? And so it was the defeat of Satan on the cross, right? And a lot of Westerners don't, don't gravitate toward that, you know, for, for many reasons. But this was the predominant view of the, of the church for the first thousand years of church history. Mm. Um, and so that's one big, that's, and for me, that's like the cosmic view of the cross, like yeah. that, that all these big powers, far bigger than us and far greater going on behind the scenes that we're not even seeing, you know, from Genesis 3, that mankind needed to regain authority to rule the world. Yeah. And Jesus was the only one that could do that. And he had defeated the enemy at the cross. Yeah, and you just look at how from the cross the world gradually started to change from it the has. cross onwards. It has, and that could be a whole episode. We won't go there now, but no. you're right. The Let's do a church history from, series. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yes! But from Jesus and the cross, uh, we do see his influence um, having an incredible impact. And yes, I think part of that, a big, big, big part of that is the objective victory that Jesus won over yeah. the powers. Death has lost its sting. In the book of Hebrews, it says who held the keys of death? It was the devil. Yeah. Right? But he has overcome the devil. So whenever we talk about sin, death, the devil, like the devil and those spiritual powers have a massive sway in all of this. Mm. And... Um, and I think a good uh, evidence of that view of the cross is the rest of Jesus' ministry. Yeah. What was Jesus doing? A, a large part of his ministry was pushing back the evil powers. Yep. Casting out demons. Yeah. Uh, healing sick, and often, uh, this what was behind the sickness was some kind of spirit or something. That's not saying that every sickness is that at all. But, you know, you see spiritual warfare as a massive component of what Jesus did and taught, mm. which is why he prays that, he says that we should pray, your kingdom come, God, your will be done. That's in a opposition to other kingdoms mm. or one other kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. You know, so these are warfare, lang this is warfare yeah. language all throughout the scripture, but it becomes very obvious in the New Testament. And, you know, Paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We often make against flesh and blood, but it's against these invisible evil powers. Yeah. You know, so, yes, that is one massive epic thing that Jesus achieved at the cross um, and, and resurrection that he defeated the devil, you know. Uh, but it achieves so many things, like a yeah. hundred things. Yeah. It revealed who God was. Yeah. Right? So Jesus is the fullest revelation of who God is. Mm -hmm. He's the clearest, you know, this is what God's character is like. Jesus walking around, talking and doing the things that he did. He's the very image of God on earth. Yeah, yeah. Colossians 1, he is the image of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and all that. And theologically, though, the cross is the pinnacle of that revelation of God. Mm. So... If you look at all of Jesus' life, that's the pinnacle. That's the, the highlight of mm -hmm. God revealing himself, his character. But of that life, the cross, it said, is the pinnacle of his self-revelation, which is incredible, which shows of the incredible love of God, 
self-sacrificial love, humility, yeah. you know, other-centeredness and all this stuff that is just mind-blowing. But that's our ultimate picture of who God is. It's awesome. He's really awesome. And so that should change hearts just looking from yeah. that perspective. Yeah, well, it definitely can really shift your view of Easter when you've got that bouncing around in your head. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> um, I think that what you've just talked about actually really ties into some of the things that we've talking been talking about in our last couple of episodes, God's presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is there any little, I don't know, concise, I use the word concise loosely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what yeah. would you have to say about that? Uh, what's the link between the cross and God's presence on earth and his presence with us, the church now? It's good, great. Yeah, just a quick summary, please. Great question. Yeah, ask a <laughs> preacher to be concise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a joke in itself, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Yeah, they... I think we owe the church some Easter eggs. completely relate. <laughs> they complete... The cross and God's presence uh, relate really closely because um, the cross is the ultimate solution to all the problems that have been in the world and in mm. humanity. And for, since the garden, we've been separated from God's presence mm. in a dramatic kind of way. And even though he's been gracious um, to still meet with us and all that, um, it's theologically very important that people who are following God and putting their trust in Jesus are the first people in human history to have God's mm. spirit permanently dwell in them. Mm. Whereas that only happened in partial ways in the past. Yeah, It's because the atonement, the at-one-ment, the, yeah. the cross that did something objective so that God and man could be reunited and yeah. it not destroy man, <laughs> mankind, humankind, right? That's huge. So something objective that it does, which is why, you know, Paul says, if anyone's in Christ, new creation. Yeah. He's a new creation. He needs to be, he or she needs to be a new creation because God wants to dwell mm. in his people mm. And God is his, we've talked about his presence being so powerful because he's yep. so good. It's like a sun of, of you know, a star, a, a raging fire of goodness. And if evil comes into the presence of that, it's destroyed. Yeah. So we need, our, our evil, our sin needs to be objectively dealt with yep. so that we can come into communion with God. Yeah. And the cross is the ultimate place that that happened, which is why Paul says in Romans 6 that we have been crucified with Christ. Why? Because that old self needed to die because, well, in God's presence it would be destroyed, but yeah. we need to be raised to new life so we can fully commune with God. Yeah. And that will be consummated when Jesus comes again and new creation is totally um, on earth. Yeah. Um, God's manifest presence, fully manner, you know, yeah. fully present. So, was um, what is it? I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Jesus Christ lives in me. Mm. And I'm trying really hard not to say it like I would sing it because it's a Colin Buchanan <laughs> song. <Okay. laughs> um, yeah, 
Yeah. Can't really give spoilers for our Pentecost episodes because uh, we haven't scripted them yet. <laughs> but yeah, like without... I'm sure we'll have to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Without the cross, we wouldn't be able to have God's presence with us. Yeah. Yep. Like the Spirit didn't come down at the crucifixion, but the crucifixion was like the first part of that. And made the way. Yep. Made, yeah, made the way, cleared the way for the Spirit to come and yep. be with us. And that's yeah. yeah, how we enjoy God's manifest presence now. Yeah, and like we haven't explained much of the cross really. We've just no. skirted over that. We'll, we might do that in a future episode. But, yeah. Um, you know, if anyone says, yep, I completely understand the cross fully <laughs> and entirely, I just don't believe them because I don't think you can't, like it's quite beyond, beyond comprehension us in a lot of ways. But there are lots of good theological ways to, and yeah. perspectives to, and we'll nut them out in the future. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The, the Spirit of God coming to dwell permanently in people is directly connected to the achievement of the cross. That's why Jesus yeah. said it is finished. Yeah. Because something was actually done. Yeah. And I, for a long time, I didn't understand the relationship between the cross and resurrection. Mm. And again, we might go into that deeper in future episodes. But it was finished. And a result of that that we see is the resurrection. Yeah. If Christ defeated death, a result of him defeating death was that he came alive. Awesome. So anyway, that's a teaser for a future. Um, so yeah, the cross is so big. So we can dwell on it and dwell on all the passages. And and this should be a lifelong endeavor to yeah. be in awe at the cross. Yeah. And yeah, I think we, we too easily skirt over it. Yep. Um, and... We just settle into knowing it. It's the background noise yeah. of Christian life. Yeah. So that kind of leads me to uh, question number four. Mm. Um, we got there. Yeah, in the end. Excellent. How should we be preparing ourselves for Easter? If you could have an encouragement for, you know, the, the people of Jimboomba Baptist, uh, mm. anyone else who's tuning in, that one guy from, was it Virginia or Utah? <laughs> Our one American Our one fan. Virginia listener. Oh, we love, whoever they are, we love them. We love you. Um, <laughs> what, what would you... What's on your heart for us to be dwelling on in uh, this lead a, up to Easter? Yeah, it's a big question. Again, as succinct as you can, as you know, really concise. simple, straightforward, yeah, concise. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I would encourage people to do is pick a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John, the story of Jesus, mm -hmm. and read it leading up to Easter and maybe time it so that you're finishing it or getting to the crucifixion around the time of Easter. Yeah. And you know where the book is going. Mm. And in most of the Gospels, Jesus tells his disciples, this is coming. They don't get it, though. Yeah. Because they're looking for a king in glory kind of Messiah. Yeah. And one to defeat the Romans. And this is coming, Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, Peter even rebukes. Jesus for saying some of the suffering stuff that's yep. going to happen to him. Um, did I say Peter rebuked Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jesus counter rebukes him <laughs> and says, whoa, 
get behind me, get Satan. Behind me, Satan. Like, so the gravity of what Jesus was going toward. The temptation narratives at the start of Jesus' ministry with Jesus and Satan, how Satan is offering him all the kingdoms of the world. Yeah. Jesus came to retake all the kingdoms of the world. Yeah. But he can't do it in that kind of way because that's submitting to Satan all over again like we did at the start. He knew that there's only one way. And and by the time we get to like the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is just in anguish over what's going to happen, like to enter into that, mm. to really have some good quiet times of you know, silence and solitude <laughs> where we contemplate Jesus' ministry leading up to the cross and what would have he been thinking and the night before and the gravity, like for Jesus to be in anguish. Yeah. He was always relaxed and peaceful. Yeah. Even when people had died, even, you know, and, and like he showed emotion in that, of course, but, you know, he, his life just overcame so many things, including when people die of sickness, he, he, you know. But this for him was just on a whole nother level. Um, but he knew it was absolutely necessary. Yeah. Not for him and not for God, for us. And I think we just need to sit with that, be uncomfortable with that, contemplate that, ask God to show us afresh what that. Because it's real easy to just read it like you read a book. Yep. And thank read you, Jesus, for dying for me. Yeah. If we've heard it so many times. Yeah. Just to enter into that afresh. Uh, I think a good practice when you're reading the Gospels and read the Passion account, you know, the Passion is when, you know, his, his suffering. Mm. To think about, uh, you know, like pitch yourself being there and watching. If, okay, if you haven't seen the Passion of the Christ, I'm not saying this is Gospel. I found it. I watched it a couple times years and years ago. I found it a very powerful depiction mm. to re reconsider yeah. his suffering. And, and because it's from a Catholic perspective, it's more showing the physical suffering. But I think that's good for us to enter into and just think of like the cost to him. I've got this really big nail in my office someone gave me. It's like this big, uh, it's a bit too far to grab, but oh. it's like... And, you know, I'm holding that the other day going, oh, man. Yeah. Like, just to reconsider that sacrifice. Like, yeah, this is epic. So I, I just encourage people to do that. Read a gospel leading up to the to Easter Sun, you know, Easter, uh, Good Friday. And hopefully you're reading around the, cruci the crucifixion stuff around that time. Yeah. And just to really actually spend, you know, if someone actually jumped in front of a bus for your sibling or kid or yourself to save your life, you know what, if they invited you for a cup of tea, I think you'd go. Yeah. I think you'd spend some time with them. Yeah, absolutely. Just out of, even if you didn't like what kind of person they were or anything like that. Just out just of cheer. out of gratitude yeah. for what they'd done. Well, sorry, they died in the incident. That, that yeah, analogy yeah, doesn't yeah. work, but you know what I mean. Maybe they're injured. Anyway, but... And so just to sit with that and that's just one small layer of it. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus just achieved so much. So that would be my encouragement.
and um, and if you're on holidays, you know, away at that time or whatever, I would say, hey, and if you've got kids or family, like gather them together mm. and make this something that the kids can even enter into and go yeah. at whatever age level they're at in an age-appropriate way. My, my child, you know, my oldest is enough to kind of get the little cartoon picture of Jesus up on the cross and there's no blood or anything. Like you just see his feet. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, it's a kind of cleaner depiction of it because it's just a little kid trying to get it. And I'm just talking about, Jesus died, isn't that sad? Yeah, that's sad. Do you know why he died? He died for us. Like, it's a really yeah. simple explanation, isn't it? He died for us. That's so sad, but aren't you happy he died for us? And look, he comes back to life anyway, you know? And just to see those little cogs, I don't think she gets it yet. But, yeah, so just to, as a family or, you know, community, wherever you are, just to kind of, you know, take the time to show that this is the priority in our life. Mm. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're nearing the end of this episode. Um, I might put you on the scot. On, on the spot, Scott, there we go. Um, I think it'd just be really cool to wrap up with a quick prayer as, yeah, you sure. know, this is possibly the first little indicator that we're putting out that, you know, Easter's coming. Yep. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, Father, um, we, we just thank you for how much you love us mm. and care for us and that we're in such a, a lost place uh, without you. And you sent your son, Jesus, for us. Jesus, we just thank you for all you've done for us. And Holy Spirit, would you help us contemplate and Mm. be with you leading up to Easter? And would you just take us to a new level of understanding and gratitude and joy and grief and relief um, as we reflect on on the pinnacle of the story, the climax of the story, Jesus at the cross. So, yeah, open our hearts, Father, and teach us and show us what you want us to learn this time around. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this helped you today. Have a great day.